Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Brothers Fantasy Football Podcast, a podcast by two brothers discussing their fantasy football opinions, takes, and any fun in between that they see. I am one of the hosts. As usual, I am the younger brother. My name is Derek, and here I have my older brother with me, Daryl. Daryl, we are in the last regular season week of most of these leagues with week 14. How are you doing out there, my brother? I am a bundle of nerves, man. I can't I, I can't even front, you know. I have um I have one team that's a win and end situation, and I'm stressing over every little detail of that lineup. And you and I have a couple best ball teams together that are either trying to hold on to make it into the uh to, to make it into the tournament round of the playoffs or you know, ones that are having to make a little bit of a comeback to make it into there. So, you know, mm-hmm. just a j- just a bundle, a bundle of nerves. And I know there's nothing I can even do about those best ball teams. There's nothing I can, you know, there's no moves I can make. <laughs> I don't even know why I'm worried about it. But yeah. nobody, no, no person in this world can tell me to calm down about it either. Absolutely not. That's not how this works at all. But we, um, well, at least on my end, I have a couple of teams that are in the playoffs for sure. Um, I have a couple where I'm jockeying for playoff positioning when I could get a buy-in. So, yeah, we got an exciting week 14 here. We're going to do our matchup previews. We got three matchups that we have our eyes on. A little bit of I can do that. We're going to recap, and then we got three others to look at. And, of course, our pick for tonight's game between those Rams and Vegas Raiders. Let's start the previews, though. First up, we got those Minnesota Vikings going to Detroit, playing those Lions. Detroit is actually a favorite here at a point and a half. The over-under is 53 and a half. Talk to me about those Minnesota Vikings, the visiting Vikings. Sure. So up top, that line has moved recently. It's now Detroit favored by two and a half. And, oh, wow. Um, yeah, the over-under is 52 and a half. Right. Um, last I saw, this was on Bovada last night. So, okay. you know, Detroit is getting steamed a little bit here. Um, but yeah, to the preview. So pace-wise, Minnesota runs plays at the seventh most fastest rate. Detroit the eighth fastest rate. So we could end up seeing a lot of plays here. You know, this this game will have uh, I think it'll have the environment to to actually achieve that shootout potential plus kind of the lackluster nature of these uh of these defenses. You know, Detroit's been getting better lately, but still, you know, they can't be scored on. So this is a very fantasy rich environment, man. Um looking at the Minnesota offense. Just start off with Kirk Cousins. He's a he's a play for me. You know the the Lions D has given up the most points to the quarterbacks over the last five weeks. Kirk should Kirk has a chance to eat. You know, so if you're if you're in a position where you know he he's your starter, or I doubt that he's on waiver wires where you can stream him or something like that. But if you're juggling between two quarterbacks. I, th- I think he's he's a really really strong play this week, um, ju- just based on what the Lions have been doing the, um, most recently. Now, the last time these two teams played, uh, it was Week Three, 
And Justin Jefferson was kind of put on hush mouth. Um, you know, he, he, he was, he was held in check. Um, I think that was the week when everybody was extolling the virtues of Jeffrey Okuda um, as, as, a, <laughs> as a defensive back. So, you know, that's, that's one thing to keep in mind, but it's Justin Jefferson. You'd never sit in that man. You'd never sit in that man. So, you know, it's not even, it's not even an issue of that. If anything, you know, it's just kind of a moderate, maybe, maybe moderate your expectations a little bit just because we have already seen evidence this year that that the that the Lions can do a little something with him, but no fear in, in putting him in in the lineup. The other guys in the pass catching core, Hawkinson remains a must play. He is he's, he that that train just keeps on moving. And at the tight end position, you know, we, we, we've we said this probably several times about him, but you're just not going to get a, a better usage profile. Well, not, not a much better usage profile than what, than what this man is showing. So I'm playing him with confidence. And I think that, you know, I think that this is a good flex week to consider for Adam Thielen. Um, one, because of, you know, like I said earlier, you know, quarterbacks do very well, even though, you know, um, even though Detroit is not like the best lineup, well, and from an efficiency uh, standpoint, they're not the best matchup, but there's a lot of volume, fantasy rich environment. I think Thielen would be a very good flex option. He's at 95% of the routes on the season. So the man's going to be out there. You know, that Kirk loves to throw him the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, and if it's a kind of situation like where, um, like like last time, where you know Justin Jefferson has kind of a quiet game, well, Thielen's Thielen and Hawkinson would be the next guys up. And in addition to that, I think the KJ Osborne could be he could be a decent dart throw flex. You know, I would hate to be in a position where I have to rely on him, but right. as a as a dart throw, I I could see I could I could see how you could justify it. Um, but you know, you just have to keep in mind that you know, that man is fourth in that in in that pecking order. So, you know, it's and that's at best. You know, that's that, you know that's you know if you want to throw Dalvin in there as as a target option, that's you know that man is fourth or fifth at best in the pecking order. So if you put him in, just know it's it's a very dark throwy play. But I wouldn't I wouldn't bang on you too bad if you chose to do that. Um, as for the running back room, you know, the Lions have been very strong versus fantasy running backs uh, recently. They've given up the second fewest running back points uh, per game over the last five weeks. And, uh, you know, one thing that really stuck out to me, they've only surrendered 100 rushing yards to running backs, excuse me, 100 receiving yards to running backs over their last five games. Oh, wow. That's, uh, okay. yeah, yeah, that's. That's that's incredible. Um, that's not going to keep me from playing Dalvin. It's it's not, but that's going to have me moderating uh, my my expectations a little bit, a little bit for him. But you know, it's it's Dalvin Cook. You probably don't have much better options, and you know he he he's always he's always a threat regardless of the matchup. You know, he's just that kind of good. And his his usage profile is spectacular. So you know you're not sitting him, but 
if it is kind of a quiet day for him, especially through the air, then, you know, you, you have been warned and you can't be surprised. Um, so yeah, that's, those are kind of my thoughts in a nutshell about the Viking side of things. What, what have you seen when you looked at him? Just a couple of things for me um, from that last game. Dalvin was 17 for 96 and a touchdown against Detroit earlier this season. So well, that was that's solid. Well, that's great production. That's great production for yeah. um, your running back for sure. Um, but yes, like you mentioned, Detroit when running defense wise has been a little better. So you may want to temper the expectations. You may not. Ex- you may not get that 96 and a touchdown in this game. Um. The other note I had is that Detroit overall has been food when it comes to wide receiver points given up, but lately they've been way better. Um, Obviously, like you said, you're starting Jefferson. No worries there, but I am interested in TJ Hawkinson in this game. One, I mean, it's the quote-unquote revenge game. You have that narrative. But two, um, just seeing him continue to have that same kind of target share that he's been getting since he's been with Minnesota – He's not getting off the field at all. So, yeah, I'm just interested in his production this week. He obviously should be in your starting lineup. And that, that was it on Minnesota for me. You recapped him pretty well. How how you how would you feel about flexing Thielen this week? Just okay. I'm not excited. I'm I'm not thrilled. But in this week where we have six buys and we may be saying that a lot in this episode – yeah. As a flex, I'm fine. Like, okay, cool. All right, all right, for sure, for sure. Yeah, not not uh not hot, not cold. Just uh, it, exactly. It's just like okay, right cool. I'm feeling flex. Click all it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> all right, yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure. All right, talk to me about those Detroit Lions in this matchup. Word, word, word. So Detroit. I think that Garrett, Garrett, Jared Goff is a very strong play this week. You know, Minnesota has given up the fourth most points per game to QBs over the last five games. And just last week, um, Jared Goff had a quarterback four finish. So, you know, he has, he has shown that when he plays a weak defense, he can eat. The Minnesota Vikings made Mac Jones – if Mac Jones played them every week, he'd be going to the Hall of Fame. He'd be in the Hall of Fame already. They would have already <laughs> fit that man with the gold jacket if he played the Minnesota Vikings every week. So, you know, I think um, I think Jared Goff is in a prime position because, well, he has better weapons than uh, than than Mac Jones, and I don't think it's too controversial to say he's a better quarterback than Mac Jones. So, I'm um, I'm good with I'm good with starting Goff in a um, you know, if, if you're having a stream um, because of because of the buys, I would consider starting him over over some guys that you may have been rolling with all year. You know, if you ask me who I'd rather start between golf and Gino, Eileen Golf this week. You ask me who I'd rather start between golf and Kyler Murray. I may have to get back on you, but I'm not I'm not firing out an answer one way or the other all that quickly because you know Kyler's going up against the the Patriots and you know the Patriots tend to you know their their defense tends to to hold down bad quarterbacks on uh, bad offenses. Uh, 
I still don't know what kind of offense Arizona is. So, you know, basically all, all that to say, man, um, I, I, I think Jared Goff is, he's a solid QB one this week to me. Um, so I, I feel very comfortable streaming him. Uh, moving on to the pass catchers, Amon Ra, I don't need to spend even two seconds. He's an auto start, period. You know, he, it's a great matchup. Plus, he's been balling. Play that man under all circumstances. Under Absolutely. all circumstances. That's the last thing you do. You know, just in case things go poorly for you, put it in your will to have Amon Ra start this week. That man needs to be in your lineup. Um, <laughs> I kind of like uh, I like I kind of like DJ Chark as kind of a punt flex play. You know, over these past couple weeks since he's come back from injury, he's seen eighty percent and ninety three percent route participation, and he's seen thirty six and forty eight percent of the air yard share over those last couple weeks. You couple that with again the fact that Minnesota's pass defense is cheeks. I I, I, I kind of like him. I I, I kind of like him this week. Um, outside of so outside of Amon Ra and um, as a as an auto start and Chark as as a as a dart flex play, I don't really I don't really too much care for any of the other pass catchers there. Um, I'm not comfortable starting Jamison Williams yet. We haven't seen any. You know, we, we just didn't see enough out of him last week. And I believe that both Josh Reynolds and Khalif Raymond. Are um, are healthy? I just don't know how that's all going to shake out. What I do know is that Chark is on the field, Amon Ra is on the field, and they both have very very good paths given their skill sets um, and the, and their recent usage to back playing them. So I'm, I'm laying off everybody else. Um, as for the running backs, you know, Minnesota is giving up the third most points per game to running backs over the last five. You know, on paper, they have a pretty strong run D, like as far as their efficiency marks, you know, um, and currently PFF has them ranked, ranked as the second best run defense. But this is one of those situations where, you know, how good the unit is versus what they do in fantasy are just completely at odds with one another. Here, I'm going to break towards the fantasy production. The fantasy production says play your running backs um, against them. And the way that running backs tend to to uh, to catch them, boys, you know, pass catching backs eat against them. You know, it's looking like a smash spot for DeAndre, give, DeAndre Swift, given last week's usage. Um, I, I think he has RB1 uh, potential, like RB1 top 12 potential, not RB1 overall potential. Uh, I, I think he has RB1 potential you know you just got to kind of go off what you saw from um from his snap share rush share um route share last week given what he does for that offense versus what minnesota is bad at when it comes to running backs i i I think he's he's in a prime spot to smash and lastly touching on jamal williams i don't you know his usage has gone his usage went down last week relative to DeAndre's, but he still remains the goal line back. For some reason, Detroit just has a knack for getting the ball on the one, two, three yard line, and that's Jamal time. So, um, I, I, I think, I think he he comes in for me at around a flex play, like an R, an RB three uh, flex play. Um, you know that that's if your team's strong, but if you got to play him as your RB two, 
I get it. I'm with it. And I would not look down upon it. Um, so yeah, those are, th- those are my thoughts on the Detroit side of things. What, what say you? Yeah. Two things. Deandre Swift is who I'm looking at here. 45% of the rushing attempts this past week. That's the most he's seen in, in a long while. And then also, um, he ran 51% of the routes as well from the running back position. So, yeah, if we're going to continue with this kind of usage, Swift is comfortably in there for me as a lower-tier RB1. Then finally to the receiving options, going to wax poetic on Amin Ra. I know you didn't say much on him, but I'm going to do it. Wax on. Amin Ross St. Brown, a.k.a. Sun God, a.k.a. who was drafted before me. Okay, I'm hooping better than him. His last four games, he's seen around 10 targets a game on average, averaging a catch rate of 90%. Catching everything near him, god dang it. And, of course, that's the most receptions during the time, um, during this time frame in the last four games. Past four games, averaging nine receptions, 108 yards, and 0.75 touchdowns. Amazing. He also yeah, has wow. 3.59 yards per route run on an A dot of 5.9. That is a low A dot. The guy above him is Devontae Adams during this four game stretch, who's at 3.6 yards per route ran on an average depth of target of 11.1. Amin Ra's doing things out here, my man. Finally, yeah. to cap this off, 33% target share and then seeing 34% of the air yards. I'm better than you. My shape up better. My car fast. My drips better. My clothes better. My holes better. My tattoos better. I'm stronger than you. I'm in Ross St. Brown, American football hooper extraordinaire. Wax off. <laughs> and yes, that's all I have on these Detroit Lions. Let's Word. get into yeah, the next one. Yeah, so next game, we are going to look at the Eagles who are traveling to the Meadowlands to face the New York Giants. The latest lines that I've seen have Philadelphia favored by seven points on the road with an over-under of 44 and a half points. What do you see on the Philly side of things, bro? Yes, sir. With those Eagles, they have the most, like, you know who you're starting and you know where they're at lineup right now, especially ever since Dallas Goddard has um, been off the field. But Jalen Hurts, you're starting him. We waxed poetic on him last episode. So I'm just going to talk about two notes from the Giants. The Giants come in here with one of the highest pass, highest pressure rates in the NFL. And at least um, when it comes to the amount of points giving up two quarterbacks, they're in the the least amount of points. They're in the top 10 of that against quarterbacks. None of that matters for Jalen Hurts. You are starting this man, dual threat. He can run it. He can pass it. Um, you may want to think about tempering your expectations as far as like, he's not going to give you that. I don't think he's going to give you that ceiling game that you saw with Tennessee, but it's within the realm that he's still going to be a top three quarterback hands down. So, Put him in and forget it. To the running back room, um, points-wise, New York is in the middle of the pack as far as fantasy points given up to the position. But when you look at it from a yardage standpoint, 
130 plus yards given up to the running back position in the last three games. Over the season, they've given up four 100 yard running backs, and then they've had two multiple or two 90 yard um, running backs with Brian Robertson and Ezekiel Elliott. And actually, both those games with the Cowboys running backs just hooped against them. But either way, I, I expect a good game here from Miles Sanders. He's seeing about 18 touches uh, a game. So I, I like the opportunity here. I'm expecting a solid, solid upper tier RB2 up to a ceiling of RB1 uh, performance here. And then to those receiving options, since Goddard has been out, um, Devonta Smith has seen a 30% target share, AJ Brown 26. They have around the same A dot, and then 37% of the air yards to Smith and 33% of the air yards to AJ Brown. Uh, per fantasy pros, the Giants are about half and half when it comes to running man versus zone. AJ Brown is fifth in PFF receiving grade and man coverage. So I can see a good game from him coming. And then with Devonta, it's kind of the same usual uh, wide receiver two, especially since upper tier wide receiver two, in my opinion, ever since Goddard is gone. And he's a guy who has a ceiling to be a wide receiver one. And of course, both of these guys are coming off that 100 yard performance for each, each of them with at least a touchdown. So they're comfortably in your lineup. I expect solid things. Where? Well, well, yeah. Um, so yeah, I'll just you you did a good job with that. I'll just add little notes like here and there. Um, as far as Miles Sanders goes, well, I'll just talk about the Giants' defense in in general. Like by by the numbers, they're they're not good. You know, just like real in real football terms of what what they're doing efficiency wise, what they're doing. As far as PFF grading, they're they're not good either in the run or the pass. So I think that the Eagles will have their pick of the way they the ways in which they choose to attack them. If they choose to go, if they choose to go by the way of the run, Miles Sanders could he he could go off this week. So like what what you were talking about with um with like an upper tier. RB two all the way to like a smash RB one performance. I think, I, I think that's completely on the table. And, you know, if Philly gets into a position, you know, we've seen this from them before where like they just kind of run away with the game early and then just salt it away um, late. Um, that could mean, you know, plenty of opportunity to end up with a, with a smash day from Miles Sanders. So I would, I'd, I'd be excited about playing him. Um, regardless of if they choose to attack through the air or or on the ground, because like I think he'll have chances to punch in some touchdowns and or get a lot of um, get a lot of carries. So I'm I'm very good with him. I, uh, you said everything that needs to be said about Devonta Smith and AJ Brown. You know they're they're a full go. The Giants have been giving up the seventh most points per games to wide receivers over the last five weeks. I figure at least one of them, at least one of them should smash and there's potential for both to, um, of, of both of them to get there. You know, I guess maybe, maybe their hope, um, maybe, uh, I guess 
the hopes for them both to get there are kind of tied up in the Giants' ability to kind of fight back and pull and, and pull their own weight on the offensive end and, and 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 make it more of a game so that Philly can't just you know begin shutting things down and cleaning up the table you know midway through the third quarter you know so but I I, I still think both of them but both of them are very 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 good plays you know outside of outside of those two in the passing um, from from the passing game though. I'm not too interested in anybody else, you know, uh, n- definitely none of those tight ends that they've been rolling out. Um, I'll just say Quez Watkins is a little interesting, but before last game, he had, um, he had four, excuse me, he, before last game, he had three top 40 finishes in a row. Like he was finishing somewhere consistently, like uh wide receiver 35, 36 38 like in in that range the the few weeks before so you know if you're desperate 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 he could maybe sub in for you um in a flex spot now you 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 do need to watch his practice reports though because he got a little banged up uh, last week in their game against the titans so you know watch his practice reports last i saw he i think he said like he expects to play but you know just do your due diligence and if you're if you're in a position where these buys have got you kind of hurting, um, and and you're pretty desperate, Quez Watkins would be somebody that I would I, I would consider in that position. And yeah, Jalen Hurts auto start. Enough said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, let's let's take a look at the Giants side of things. Um, what what are your thoughts on on them this week? Yeah, 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 yeah. So New York Giants will start with Daniel Jones. He's coming into this matchup as the QB 10 on the year. Wasn't really on my bingo cards that he would be up that high, but hey, here we are. Last six games, he's been um he's had three performances where he was a top 10 quarterback, but also within there, he's been quarterback 20. He's also had a quarterback 27 performance. And that's pretty much the the Daniel Jones experience this season and you have weeks where you can start him and weeks you can't this week i would not be interested in starting him though um since week 10 the eagles per fantasy pros that they're six in success rate per drop back and they're eighth in epa per drop back allowed um yeah no thank you i'm not i'm not interested in facing that now of course he has some upside with his rushing um so there is that kind of aspect there, but I would be looking to stream someone else. We talked about Jared Goff earlier. I would love to play him um, in that matchup. So, yeah, that's that's kind of the thoughts on Daniel Jones. Let's go to the Real running quick. back. Yeah, go ahead. Real quick. Daniel Jones or Tyler Huntley? Oh, my goodness. Against Pittsburgh? Oh, man. And you would ask this, and we have something going with him later on. Uh, man, I might lean Huntley, man. Okay. I might Defensible. Lean Huntley. Yeah. But I'll, I'll get Very into defensible. I'll get. We'll get into some stuff with him later on with Huntley. Okay. Uh, to, to the running back room, it's been scary hours for Saquon Barkley, man. And this is just talking about from a yard per carry standpoint. His last five games, it's been 2.7 yards. Then we had a 4.3. 
That was against those Houston Texans of mine, which are the Olay defense. Uh, 1.5, 3.5, and 3.5. These are not good yard per carry numbers that you want to see from a guy um, that you drafted in the second, probably in the late late first, early second round, and you're, you're running back one on your team. But as a true running back one, he's getting 24 opportunities in those games, and he scored touchdowns in all of them but one. So He's saving you there with the touchdowns and just the number of opportunities. Um, and that's pretty much where he is in this aspect against against Philly. Now, Philly has given up the draws running-wise. We did see Aaron Jones run rampant against them. And I'm not necessarily expecting that with Saquon, but I'm expecting a decent performance because he's, again, getting around 24 opportunities here lately. And then to the pass catchers uh, with Mr. Slayton, I think you have to go ahead and have him in your lineup. He's wide receiver 51 on the year overall, but the past six games, he's had five top 36 performances with the highest of those coming at wide receiver 15. Some stats with that. He's seeing about a 23% target share, 2.6 yards per route run. And 43% of the team air yards in this somewhat of a biomageddon late in the season. This is a guy who should be in your lineup. And even if we didn't have the biomageddon, he could be considered in your three wide receiver, two or three flex leagues for sure. Uh, Daniel Bellinger. Welcome back, Daniel Bellinger. He saw 83% of the routes this past week, 18% target share, resulted in a five catch 24 yard game nothing to write home about but again this team this team's pass catchers have been a revolving door of people and if you got somebody that's going to be out out there on 83 percent of the ramp ramps routes you got somebody that you could potentially stream in the tight end position but be aware that philly is stingy in points giving up to this position and lastly i'll talk about isaiah hodgins uh, last week, he did score the touchdown, I believe. So I'm watching him out the corner of my eye just because last week he did play 88% of the snaps is a wide receiver. So just somebody I'm keeping my eye on and seeing if there's a connection between him and Daniel Jones. But I would not be starting this man this week. Yeah, yeah. Very good points indeed. I was... My brain was like, who, when you said Isaiah Hudgens? Um, so, I'm like, yeah, I'll have to go back and dig <laughs> dig deeper into him. Um, you may have just hit me to game there. Um, You're welcome. So, yeah, what well said on the Giants side of things there. Um, just looking at Saquon, you know, he's kind of, he's kind of limping to the finish. With, uh, you know, given the way he started the fantasy season out and how, you know, how it's been going for him down this most recent stretch, you know, he's still mm-hmm. he's still a running back that you got to play, though, um, just just basically because of volume. And so, you know, you look back at what Philly did to Derrick Henry last week, you know, they they, they held that man down. Um, it was it was it, it was a little sad to see because I thought that last week Derrick Henry had a real good chance to smash. Um, maybe 
maybe the fact that that game got away from Tennessee had a lot to do with Traylon Burks going down, but uh, you know, I, I don't know. But the fact is, Philly held held Derrick Henry to some very poor numbers. But that doesn't scare me off of Saquon because, well, you know, Derrick Henry is the type of running back that can get game scripted out of a game, but that that's not the same for Saquon. So I think no matter what the what no matter what Philly ends up doing to the Giants, there's always going to be a role for Saquon. So I'm okay with starting him. It could be one of those situations you could find yourself in a situation with him where you're just kind of praying for a touchdown um, when he otherwise might not get you there on a yardage basis, but you know, you're, you're still playing him totally, totally there with you on Slayton. Um, really no, no notes on that. He's, he's the consummate, you know, low end. Uh, no, nah, I wouldn't say low end too. He's the consummate, you know, wide receiver three flex play. You know, he's, he, he, he's the guy, you know, you look him up in the dictionary, you look up flex wide receiver in the dictionary, you're going to see his face. Like right, right there, and, he's, and, and I, I mean that as a compliment. You know, he's just just solid in that role. It's like what um what Curtis Samuel was to to start the year. You know, that's where yeah, yeah. that's where Slayton is is now. Um, so yeah, I'm totally fine with him. Daniel Jones, oof, man, yeah, this is uh, this is kind of a tough one, just because you know. The Philly, the Philly pasty is a monster. They can be gotten at though, but Daniel Jones doesn't really have the weapons to to take advantage of that. So, you know, it's it's hard to it's hard to really see his path. So, you know, yeah, like you suggested, I'm trying to stream if at all possible. If I'm if I'm holding Daniel Jones, or I'm trying to go to another option. If Daniel Jones is your backup, I would say go with your go with your primary guy in most instances. And Daniel Bellinger, you laid it out perfectly. It's the tight end position, and this man is on the field. And to just walk back into 83% routes, 18% targets, that's not nothing. And that's, that's you know, if that target share were up just a tick higher, that's yeah. that's pretty elite usage. You know, you're with tight ends, what you're looking for, like what's elite is like basically you want to think like 80-20, from routes, routes, targets, a 80, 20 kind, kind of thing. Um, 80% routes, 20% targets. He walked back in. And it was just like right there. So if this turns out to be a game where, where, where Philly gets them in the figure four early and the giants end up having to pass a bunch, you know, this could, you know, there, there is a path for, for, for Bellinger to see a lot of work and maybe kind of buck the trend of what Philly has been otherwise doing against tight ends um th- this year so yeah those those are the giants from from my end full show let's look at our last match up here we got those miami dolphins traveling to the la chargers miami comes in this game at eight and four chargers at six and six i'm assuming they just stayed out there right weren't they they were in san francisco I would imagine that they did. I, I, I hadn't checked that for mm. sure. I thought about that earlier today, but um yeah, I if I were them, I well I was about to say if I were them, I would want to, but then I live in Miami. I'd yeah. I probably want to go home. Yeah. <laughs> There's no losing either but, way for them, but right, yeah. <laughs> right. 
but yeah, just to go over that, Miami is a three-point favorite. Over/under is a juicy fifty-two. Talk to me nicely on those visiting Dolphins. All right, the Dolphins. So coming off kind of a punch to the face last week that they got up in uh, up in San Francisco, you know, this is a game I could see a lot of plays going off. Um, you know, this is another fantasy rich environment as is evidenced by the uh the over under at 52 and it could be one of those like tit for tat games because you know it's an over under of 52 but miami's only favored by three points so mm-hmm. you know they're predicting like a close game with a high score they i guess that goes more towards like the excitement of the game as well so you know th- th- this could be uh this could be a track meet out there so you know, obviously Miami has an explosive offense uh, with uh, you know weapons wise. So to me, Tua is always in play. You know, just that, that that's just in general. Even though he didn't look that great against uh, San Francisco last week, that that doesn't shake my 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 willingness to play him. And you know, we have the Chargers are giving up the ninth most points per game over the last five weeks to a quarterback. So. It's a it's it's a pretty good matchup, and just last week we saw um, Derek Carr. I had to catch myself from saying David. We saw Derek Carr and Devontae Adams just rip them boys to shreds um, in in the air. So, you know, when you're thinking of two and you're thinking of Waddle, hey, they they will have um, you know if if last week is any indication. They're going to have plenty of opportunities to put it to that Chargers uh, secondary. So I feel good about the three of them. You know, I, I don't really have um, uh, a whole lot to say, um, except, well, you know, I know that Wednesday Jalen Waddle was limited in practice. He sustained a leg injury in that game against San Francisco last week. Um, I want to say like in the second half, and he was in and out of the game from yeah. that point. He got in a limited practice yesterday on on Wednesday. We recorded on Thursday. Got in. I I haven't seen um, what his practice situation was for today, but that's going to be something to take a look at. If he does end up having to miss, I wouldn't I wouldn't hate the idea of throwing Trent Sherfield in the flex. I I I would not hate that. You know he's that the man is flashed from. From time to time this year, he flashed to start that game uh, against the Niners last week. You know, first play of the game, gets that 75-yard touchdown. Um, so, yeah, I, I I wouldn't be afraid to start him if Waddle was out. Now, if Waddle plays, then, you know, I, I'm i not really touching Sherfield unless I'm super, super, super desperate, like super desperate. Um, you know, like if I'm thinking of putting in Quez Watkins type, type desperate. So, that's just uh, that's my thoughts on on Sherfield. But if it turns out that Waddle was limited again today, um, I would I would maybe start thinking about pulling the trigger on just stashing Sherfield just in case if if, if you find that you're going to be in need. Um, as for the running side, oh, uh, the last bit, Mike Kosicki, I'm not playing him. Uh, I just. The, <laughs> His production is just too sometimey. His usage is just too sometimey. I think you could you could go you could go scoop up Bellinger more than likely off the waiver wire, and I, I feel better with that than, than going with Kaseki this week. 
Um, as for the running back room, the Chargers are a great matchup for 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 running backs, like from a from a fantasy perspective. Only thing is, you know, this Miami running back room got thrown into a little bit of flux last week because, you know, we talked about it last show where Jeff Wilson, from the moment he joined the team, had been more or less operating as the running back one for them. And then last week in San Francisco, you know, that just that wasn't the case anymore. You know, Mostert got most of the run. What so so that's that's a little concerning, but my thinking on that is that San Francisco defense, they are a discombobulation factory. So you 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 put them in a box by themselves, what they do to your team, to your players, you just kind of quarantine that uh that performance, put it into the side and just kind of look at everything else. <laughs> everything everything else tells me that both of these guys are at least flex plays, I think. Um so yeah, I'm just that, that that's how I'm going to approach it. Make last week you know, treat last week as an outlier because it was against such a good defense that really punched them in the mouth. Um, so just, yeah, I'm just going to put that to the side. And I'm I'm not going to be afraid to roll with, with Mostert and uh, and Jeff Wilson as at least flex, at least flex plays, maybe RB2 type plays because this matchup, this matchup is juicy. And since Wilson's been there, you know, that – They've been, they've been very good. They've been very good in the running game. So I'm not going to run away from that just because of what I saw them put down on tape against the best defense in the league. Um, that's what that, So, yeah, that's what I'm working with as far as Miami goes. Um, where, where are you at with them? Yeah, that's the main thing I was going to harp upon is that running back room. Uh, weeks 9 and 10 per fantasy pros, Jeff Wilson saw 30 opportunities. Raheem Moster saw 20, and then in week 13, it was three opportunities for Jeff Wilson and seven for Raheem Mostert. So I think you're right on point with just that performance and what we saw with San Francisco. You just kind of put it in the box and, like, don't evaluate it as something that's, okay, that's now the trend. Having said that, though, I'm really curious to see how this will look in this week because this is like you mentioned a juicy matchup uh the chargers do give up the draws on the on the ground 5.6 <laughs> yards per carry uh given up by that defense fifth most touchdowns and an averaging about 135 rushing yards per game to the running back position so yeah both of these guys again hashtag armageddon bye week whatever you want to say both of these guys are, I think, are fine as lower tier RB two slash flex plays this week. And cool. That that's all I got on Miami. Oh, I guess with Waddle, just watch the injury reports. If he's in, put him in. Would you consider benching Tyreek Hill this week? <laughs> if I if there's incentive to me losing, yes. Otherwise, <laughs> no. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. You know what? On a side note, we could maybe talk about that sometime. Like the 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 fantasy ethics of you know tanking a game so that you get one team into the playoffs, so you'd rather play and get one team out and blah blah blah. But 
Yeah. Yeah. Let's we'll, 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 we'll stick to the topic for now. We'll stick to the topic for now. Um, let's do I'll, it. Let's move to those charges unless you got something else on Miami real quick. No, no, no. That's that that, that that's it really. Um Miami, your Miami guys play them. Um yep. <laughs> so as far as the Chargers go, man, their their pass game is just in the dumps right now. It's just, you know, Herbert Herbert is is doing okay, but the offense is I I'm I mean like as a um you know from from a from a PFF grading standpoint and all that stuff like he's he's okay but like this offense you know they've had the same problem all year they're just not explosive and they they really need Mike Williams back he was he practiced yesterday and I saw that he practiced today I think both such I think both practices were limited so um not today you know, was a full one today was full oh okay yeah it was Great full then. today. So this man is on track to play. So like, yeah, that's all the better, all the better for for Justin Herbert, because he had been sliding to a point where you know he was kind of living off his name and where you drafted him more so than his production. Because you could have been better off, you 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 could have been better off streaming him and streaming um, instead of playing him in certain mm-hmm. weeks, like in the. In the recent past, you know, but you know, just gliding off the fact that his name is Justin Herbert, and you see and know the talent this man has, I know it can be hard to get off of him. So, getting Mike Williams back is a huge boon because this is a this is a very good matchup for him. One because of the shootout potential that that, that this game has. Again, fifty-two point over under with uh, only with the spread of only three points, and you know, you also add in the fact that the Dolphins have been giving up the six most sixth most points per game to quarterbacks over the last five weeks. You know, I'm, I'd be okay with playing him even if Mike will wasn't there, but I'm even more excited to play him with Mike will back. So, you know, either way, if you've stuck with Justin Herbert this far in this week, 14 matchup against an exploitable Miami defense, I feel like you just got to go down with the ship. Even if, um, even if Mike Williams doesn't play. Um, I like Keenan Allen this week as a wide receiver too. Even though the Dolphins are giving up the the fifth least points to wide receivers over the last five weeks, Keenan Allen's usage is just too good. You know, you, you, you just don't sit guys who are um, on the field and getting as targeted as much as, as he is. If Mike will plays, Man, that's a tough one because, you know, the last time he was out there, that man burned you. You know, he he played like three plays, made a beautiful catch along the sideline, and then was gone for the rest of the game. So I could understand um, being a little gun shy about playing him. But if he's out there, he's already gotten in one full practice. If he backs that up with the second full practice on Friday, I feel like you just got to play him. Um, you, you just got to play him like you normally would. If he does not play, I like Josh Palmer as a flex play. Um, if he does play, I wouldn't I wouldn't touch Josh Palmer though. And the thing the thing about Josh Palmer, like the guy has shown he's shown pretty well to me. Like he looks he looks good to me. And so, but with Mike Will and Keenan there, I just worry about how that's going to shake out for him uh, usage wise. So I wouldn't be excited to get him in my lineup in the event that both Mike Will and Keenan play 
Um, and Gerald Everett, this is a this is very much a blow up spot for him. Like he has potential to go off. Miami mm-hmm. has been giving up the fourth most points to the tight end position over the last five weeks. As we always say, given the general um, garbage fireness of the tight end position, you just got to step into this matchup with uh, against Miami and play play Gerald Everett. Right? It's it's one of the better matchups of the week, I think, and especially again given the backdrop of the game, fifty-two point over under. And lastly, don't have to say much about the running back situation. You're playing Austin Eckler. You know, Miami is kind of a middling matchup, you know, not good, not great matchup, but you know, you you don't sit Austin Eckler when when he's healthy. So yeah, those are those are my thoughts there on the Chargers side of things. Um what what you got for him? Yeah, to the to the pass catchers. Yeah, if Mike Williams ends up playing this game, I think you just go ahead and you have to take that chance and play him. Now, it's, it's probably going to aggravate you if you are uh, somebody that has Mike Will on your roster and Josh Palmer as well, because you probably did get burned from that when he returned. Um, that was, what, almost a month ago or three weeks ago. But, yeah, I think you have to go ahead and bite the bullet again and put Mike Williams in there because – if he's going to play, I don't see why they would be playing him on a limited snap count um, in this. Well, in this game, I think they would just if he wasn't ready, they just wouldn't play him. But just a highlight on Josh Palmer and um, Keenan Allen, they had the same target share um, around these past three weeks. Allen's was a little bit higher. Allen had a, the, a higher a dot and he was seeing more air yards. Um, I'm interested in Keenan Allen in this matchup. I'm interested to see um, will will he lead the team in target share again? Um, will Mike will dip in here if he's fully in there? And if Mike will doesn't play, you know, will Josh Palmer be be the guy? So interesting matchup here. Sure, I'm excited for these three matchups we have highlighted. And to put a bow on our matchup preview, we're gonna do a little lipstick on the pig. This is where I am going to give you one minute. Put the minute on the clock. Oh, boy. And I want you to sell me on tonight's matchup. We got the Las Vegas Raiders against the L.A. Rams. And go. Why should I watch it? This is the hardest thing I've ever had to do. But, well... The Raiders are the reason to watch this game, I believe, because they are on a three-game winning streak. They've been doing it largely on the backs of nobody being able to contain Josh Jacobs and Devontae Adams at the same time. It'll be interesting to see, you know, what happens between Devontae and Jalen Ramsey if they if they square off one-on-one, you know, who's going to get in whose face because both of them can be very, very fiery guys. Um. I really, I really don't have much to try to sell you on on the Rams side of things, <laughs> unless unless Baker Mayfield ends up getting a, getting a start after being in the building for there we um, go, you know, in, in the time it took to brew a cup of coffee. So uh, that could be that could make for some interesting mm-hmm. watching just for Baker though. Like I really hope they don't put him uh, in. That man's been through enough oh, these last couple maybe. years. But if they do, it will be high comedy more than likely. <laughs> and time, well done. 
the funniest part about that whole thing was there was not a mention of any Rams player at all, except Baker Mayfield. <laughs> I love it, man. Well done. I well regret done. nothing. <laughs> I mean, I'm a degenerate anyways. I'm going to be watching some of this game for sure. Let's go ahead and move on to our next segment. I can do that. Where it's a little flip. Uh, this is our weekly segment. Well, it's not every week, but mostly weeks. We uh, do basically a buy or sell where we look at some opportunities for some players. Let's go ahead and recap last week's action. We had three of them. Trevor Lawrence. Would he finish as a top five quarterback against Detroit? You said he can do that. I said he can't do that. He did not do that. He finished as QB 18. Did suffer the injury part way? Or part yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we need to. So, yeah, I, I, I think we need to call no action on that one, man. Like that's. Nah, he he came back in the game, <laughs> and it's not and it's not his. Well, it is partly his fault, but Detroit basically dominated the ball in the second half, so he didn't get much opportunity. So, hey, he can't do that. One for the good guys. No country for injuries out here. Okay. No, sir. Nah, not in that case where you come back. Second one, George Pickens <laughs> finishing as a top 20 wide receiver against those Midlanta Falcons. I'm just playing Atlanta Falcons. You said he can do that. I can say it. I said he can do that. He ain't do that. Wide receiver no, 108 on the week. He wasn't, he wasn't even... He wasn't even sniffing 20. Wide receiver 108, this man finished with triple digits? Yeah, triple digits on them things, man. Oh, that's right. Good. Okay, because, yeah, there was that news about how he was popping off um, about, like, you know, throw me the damn ball and <laughs> and, all, and all that stuff. Hey, man, he might have a um, he might have a squeaky wheel narrative this week against the Who they got? Ravens. Baltimore? Yeah, got Ravens. Yeah. Okay. I got my left eye peeking on it. Sure. Finally, Damian Pierce, would he rush for 74 yards or more this week against them Cleveland Browns? We both sat up here and said he can do that. He ain't do that. That man has 73 yards, bro. Come on. Man, you need to go to Vegas and start handicapping. <laughs> that was a good-ass over-under line. I mean, like I said, I, I pulled it. It was like the last five props averaged out. Um, but yeah, man, 73 yards. Like I kept refreshing that thing the past like two days after the game to make sure something didn't trickle over. And yeah, it was 73, man. What you mean? You were looking for a stat correction or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was. <laughs> I was like, I was like, no way, this man got 73, exactly 73. Come on, the line was he had it to hit 74. It didn't even matter if he was over, it had to be oh 74. That's why I was like, come on, man. But, yeah, it is what it is. We keep playing the game. This week, we got three of them. The first one we'll start with, I'll pose to you, Daryl. Will Tyler Huntley, looking like he's going to make the start for the Baltimore Ravens, be a quarterback one, top 12 quarterback this week against them Pittsburgh Steelers? What say you? So, playing the Steelers, I believe the game is in Pittsburgh. You know, I believe so. The 
the Ravens, man, they're I just I got no faith in their, you know, pass catchers beyond Mark Andrews. Ever since Pittsburgh has gotten TJ TJ Watt back, they've been a bit of a menace as far as harassing quarterbacks and in the passing game in general. But then I weigh that against the fact that there are six teams on by, so there is a path for him to get there. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put that into the old brain computer, bloop, 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 bloop. I'm going to say, nope, he can't do that. Okay. I think that the Pittsburgh going. D is going to clamp down this game. This is the lowest over-under of the week, I feel like, and maybe the lowest of the year, I want to say. So, like, yeah, no. Absolutely not. If they score more than if they score more than thirteen points this game, it will have to have been because of a defensive touchdown or two. Okay, fair enough. Uh, just a couple of stats on Tyler Huntley from his five starts last season. He averaged around two hundred and eight yards passing, and then rushing he had games of forty yards, forty-five yards, seventy-three yards, fifty-four yards and 72 rushing yards now he did have with those five games only one quarterback one performance which i mean i think that kind of tells you all you need to know when you have these amount of rushing yard performances and only one qb1 performance Um, against green bay yeah yeah (laughs) yeah two of them uh rushing touchdowns on them uh pittsburgh uh, their top 10 in points given up to the quarterback position um with the fourth worst fourth worst pressure rate for the whole season. But the last four weeks, they've been top eight in the least amount of points given up to the quarterback position, and their pressure rate has gone up to the mi- middle of the pack. Um, maybe has to do with a guy named T.J. Watt. He may be important. Um, all that to say, Tyler Huntley, I don't think he can do that. And I have an eye on him, though. Um, to see how he performs. I feel like he'll be a middle-tier QB2 this week, or upper-tier QB2, so like 13, 18, somewhere in there, but not top 12. Yeah, that's a tough look on a, in a week with six teams on by. It is. It's a cold world out here. Some would say frigid. <laughs> All right. Um, moving on to the next one. I'll read this one off. You go first. You pick first. Will James Conner finish as a RB1 this week against New England? Yeah, let's see. So New England's been kind of tough for running backs on the ground, but I'm going to back this and say James Conner can do that. Since he's come back from injury, it's been four weeks. He's twice been a running back um, one in two of those weeks, so 50% there. This man's averaging 21 opportunities a game during that span and around 93 total yards. It ain't no it ain't no one back here stopping this man from getting all the snap share, all the carries. And you know, I think he can do that. All right. Uh yeah, 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 yeah. So this his ability to get there will be a volume play, right? Yeah. So, you know, you, you you really can't argue with that. You know, this man is. I think we we said like last time or sometime within the last few episodes, 
that he's on the field for like 93% of the snaps. So, yeah, he's going to have all the opportunity in the world to make his fantasy numbers. Um, I really can't see. I really can't see a way that he doesn't. So, yeah, I'm going to rock with you on that one. I'm going to say that he can do that. Well, Shiggity, I got you down, my man. And then finally, let's take a look at Denniston Moore Jr. Will he be a top 15 wide receiver this week against them Seattle Seahawks? I believe the game's in Seattle, too. It is indeed. So, DJ Moore, Panthers coming off the bye. DJ Moore has been – he's been – Fairly decent with the boy Sam Darnold at quarterback. The Seattle, the Seattle pass defense, they started off, well, their defense just in general, started off the year just giving it up. Then they tightened things up kind of in the middle of the fantasy year, and now they're back being loose again. So, you know, I I think that I think that he'll have all the opportunity he'll need. Oh, man. You know, I say he's good with Sam Darnold, but then it's Sam Darnold. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, you know, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. But you know what? I'm going to go ahead and trust his talent. I'm going to go ahead and trust DJ Moore's talent because I, I, I think he's a top-tier wide receiver in the league. He's just had the worst luck with, um, with quarterbacks that he's been forced to play with. Um, but yeah, I can, I can see a path for him getting there. So I'm gonna go ahead and rock with my man, DJ. I'm gonna say he can do that. Right on, right on. And I think their running back room, Carolina's running back room has some injuries in there with Foreman and Hubbard or one of them is injured and yeah. Well, yeah, Foreman didn't practice yesterday and then he was limited today. So he could very well still make it out there. Okay. Yeah. So that's that's just interesting from a talent on and a body on the field. But in my notes, I literally put DJ Moore has had success with Sam Darnold last year as a note to to say. <laughs> but um last week, our last game, he had 103 yards and a touchdown, um 31% target share, 27% on the whole season. I mean, the numbers are there, and, you know, it supports that he can do it, but I'm going to say he can't do that. I think recently with Seattle, they've been a little stingy with wide receivers, and I'm going to bank on that and also just the fact that, I mean, Darnold has had a connection with him, but I don't think it will be good enough to be a top 15 wide receiver this week. All right. Selling out the homie DJ Moore. All right. That man going to have to come see you in the streets, man. (laughs) My bad, man. I still got love for Dennis Moore Jr. out here, though. But yeah, I want nothing more than that man to get paired with a good quarterback. Just like even just like even an average quarterback. Just like give that man his own Kirk Cousins. Like put that under the Christmas tree for him this year. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Man, even give him Jared Goff. Like, if he had Jared Goff, I think he would be able to do a little something. Yeah, yeah. But we move on. Last uh, segment here. We'll do a little DBB, the brothers battle. 
we'll go ahead and give you guys our pick for the Thursday night game between the Las Vegas Raiders and they're traveling to the Los Angeles Rams. Our sheet has Vegas as a six-point road favorite, over under a 44. Daryl, I already see your pick in here. Go ahead and talk to us about it. Yeah, so for this one, I was I've been pretty much debating between the under and laying the six with the Raiders. Um, I think what kind of scared me off of the under is is basically is the Raiders' quick strike ability. I I think that even though the Raiders' defense isn't this all-world unit, they're facing an even less all-world offense. So I think they're just going to bottle up the the Rams' offense. And the Raiders, they just have that quick strike um, dimension to them between Devontae and um, between Devontae and, and, and Josh Jacobs. So – I saw more of a path for 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 them to carry the weight and get that and push this um, and push the push the total over. So I decided to lay off that and I'm going to lay the six with the Raiders. I think they should come in here and really just just mop up the Rams. Now this is the kind of game that the Raiders, you know, they could they could easily not even not cover. They they could just straight up lose <laughs> this game because that's. That that's just kind of in their DNA, but they've really been handling biz lately, and you know, it's it's clicking for them in a way where it looks like you know they they found this thing where you just can't be right against them. You you load the box, Deontay's chucking up the the Randy Moss um, the, the Randy Moss mailbox flag. You, you play back, <laughs> you play back on Devontae. Josh Jacobs going to eat you up for five, six, eight yards at a time. So, Absolutely. you know, they, they, yeah, they're, they're really they're really catching you coming and going. So I'm going to say they keep up with that, and I'm going to lay the six with the Raiders on the road. Okay. Man, I think the schedule makers probably when they wrote this schedule, they probably saw this game as, ooh, this can be an intriguing game between two teams in the West, you know, probably jockeying for a position trying to make the playoffs and it's just like nah none of that hmm. none of that for me i had pretty much the same thoughts as far as which of those picks i would do same as you with either las vegas uh, laying the six or the under i decided to go with the under i just don't know how like the rams are going to be able to move the ball and put points on the on the board I'm expecting Vegas to win this game, but I don't think Vegas is just going to blow them out. And then also looking at these two teams, at least recently um, within the past, what, two or three games here, the Rams are like 20, what is this, 26, 27, 27th in neutral pace. Um, and they're sporting, what, the highest rushing rate? No, let me see. Second highest neutral rushing rate. And this is from Fantasy Pros. And then Las Vegas has been kind of in the middle of the road, uh, neutral pace-wise. But, of course, as we know, they do like to pass the ball. So, yeah, I'm going to lean into that under, man. Um, 44, I could see like a 20 to 17 game or like a 30 to 10. Yeah, we're going under. 
Yeah, that 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 makes sense. That makes sense to me. You know, it's especially if you're banking that um if if, if you're basing that upon the Rams not being able to hold up their end of the deal, then yeah, that 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 totally tracks to me. Yeah, that's what a lot a lot of it is based off for me in that matchup. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this is a it's an exciting week of football in my opinion. We got also the Jets and Buffalo playing. I mean, Buffalo is a nine point favorite, but I think that's going to be a intriguing game. And then also Cincy and Cleveland. Um, dang, Mister Nasty Man still on the road. Yeah, Mister Nasty Man making his second appearance against the uh, the Bengals. I'm interested in seeing how that game works out. And yeah, got another week of football, my man. You got anything for the people before we head on out of here? Um. Man, yeah, just uh, don't be like me. Keep your keep your nerves in check. Uh, I'm gonna admit something like pseudo embarrassing. Like uh-huh. I was having, I had dreams last night about how the fantasy <laughs> slate was playing out. Like I am, I am too consumed with this man. Like you know, part of part of starting this podcast was supposed to be a way to help sublimate all those emotions and whatnot. But like here I am sitting here like dreaming like literally dreaming about josh jacobs's performance tonight um quick side note derek and i need him to do big things in a um in a best ball draft oh you guys may have heard when when we did a pod about that about that draft you know we need big things from him so yeah for some reason that was on the forefront of my brain enough to have me dreaming about it last (laughs) night so don't be like me regulate your emotions get some woosah in your life and uh and yeah, good luck to y'all this week. Hopefully, whatever you need to happen in your uh, to leading up to the fantasy playoffs happens for you. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, yeah, good luck to everybody this week in your matchups. We'll be back next week. We'll have our usual wrap it up, our previews, um, and we'll be hey in playoff time for the fantasy season. So exciting times coming here. If you want to reach out to us. We're on the Twitter sphere at the Brothers FF, D A Brothers FF, and the same spelling at gmail.com if you want to reach us via Gmail. I am Derek. To my other host, my brother Daryl. We're out of here, man. Take it easy. Peace.